You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So welcome to this episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report brought to you by rockspile.com. My name is Kevin Henry, one of the co-experts here at Rocks Pile. Joined, as always, by my friend and fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. Good morning, Noah. What is going on on Monday? Not much. What's going on with you? Hey, not much. Uh, you know, it was amazing yesterday. Uh, I will admit, I, I took, uh, we have friends in town, so I took a day off. Did not go to Coors for the game yesterday. Walked into one of the local breweries here. They actually had the Broncos on one TV and the Rockies on two. And I was just like, what upside world are we living in right now? But that may be a, you know, that could well be an indictment on just how bad the Broncos are uh, this year. So uh, just saying. But anyway, hey, t- you know, I thought you had a great piece out there that we published this morning. And, you know, let's face it, the Rockies are on a roll right now. And it's really heartening to finally see them playing some really good baseball. Sadly, it's the middle of September when they're doing it. But you pulled out some really cool numbers on what's kind of made them successful lately, and I wanted you to share a few of those. So um, for the Rockies, I mean, the main reason why they were successful this past week, um, and I mentioned this in the article, was the offense. Um, in the first seven games of, the, of this month, the Rockies went one and six, and the offense hit 197 with a 262 on base percentage and a 345 slugging percentage and they averaged 3 runs a game. This week, or this past week I should say now. Uh the Rockies hit 290, so they brought their batting average up nearly 100 points. Uh their on base percentage they brought up about 120 points to 379 and their slugging percentage was 565. They also doubled their average runs scored per game to 6.3. Um, and that was because Nolan Arenado, he hit eight for 16 during the week with three homers, eight RBI also had three doubles very well could be named the NL player of the week. Um, we'll find that out either today or tomorrow. Um, and he, also too, those numbers came with a day off because yesterday he did not play 
at all because Ryan McMahon actually started in place of him at third base. Um, Daniel Murphy hit 368 during the week as well. And then even on Sunday, um, the Rockies had three players with three hits, and all three of them were younger players. In fact, the most experienced one is Brian McMahon. Um, he went three for five with two homers, three runs, four RBI. Garrett Hampson went three for four with three runs and a walk. Josh Fuentes, who, of course, is the cousin of Nolan Arenado, wait, wait, um, wait, went wow. three for five. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, you, you yeah. never knew this. Right? You I, I never knew they kind of have like a friendly rivalry. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, so he went three for five uh, with his second career homer. He had his first career homer earlier in the week. And I, in fact, I remember texting you when he hit that because uh, Nolan had an RBI double and then Fuentes had a homer. Yep. So, and then I believe Nolan had a homer, and then I believe Fuentes had another RBI during that. So, yeah, I was telling you how. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a friendly rivalry, which they've always had. Um, so, yeah, yesterday Fuentes had four RBI, and he also had two runs. Um, so, and it's nice to see some of the younger players playing well, and especially, I mean, in the Cardinals series, the, the Cardinals are a playoff team right now. Right now, they're going to win. If the playoffs were to start today, they would win the NL Central. Yep. And especially the first two games, the, the offense wasn't really there. They only scored a combined four runs, but the pitching was really well. The bullpen did not give up a run in either one of those games. And Chichi Gonzalez and Antonio Senzatella each went six innings. Both only gave up four hits, and both only gave up one run. So both of those games, they won two to one, which is shocking enough in the season that the Rockies have had, let alone at Coors Field, let alone against the Cardinals. Um, So that was something good that we've seen throughout the week. But then the other one, and I mentioned this in the article as well, is Jairo Diaz. He had three saves during the week. And really, since July 25th, he's had he's pitched in 22 innings, and he's given up eight runs, but only three of which have been earned. So therefore, his ERA since then has been 123, and opponents are hitting 203 with a 247 on base percentage and a 304 slugging. So I mean, he's pitched really well as of late. Um, and in fact, his ERA is, I believe, in the mid threes now. Um, his season ERA. Yeah. And before that stretch, it was it was in the mid sixes. So yeah, he's pitched really well. And also too, he had um, uh, he had a two inning save um, this week, and then also Jesus Tinoco um, also had a save this week and that was a four out save you know and, and i think if, if you look at it and you and i certainly like like so many have have talked about the bad things that have happened this year with the rockies i mean you know we we finally avoided the hundred lost season so there's plenty to talk about as far as bad things go but this week you know you pointed out a bunch of young guys who are starting to kind of 
shine and, and not just in moments, but over longer periods. And I think we're going to look back at the end of this year and we're going to see that two of the biggest things moving forward into 2020 was RIMAX development as well as what Diaz has been able to do. And I think you're looking at a guy that whenever spring training rolls around next year, certainly I will be surprised if Wade Davis is not on the team next year. But I think that you're looking at Diaz being the guy who has the edge going into the closer role and spring training. Yeah, and like you said, with the long stretches, for that stretch that I mentioned, the 22 innings that he has an ERA of 123, that's since July 25th. So we're getting close to two months on that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he, it's not like oh, it's I I do mention his numbers in his last eight appearances, um, in there, and he hasn't allowed an earned run at all during that. So I mean, eight and two thirds. You're a reliever. That's probably eight nine appearances. You could say okay, he's pitched well, but not over an extended period. But when you're talking nearly two months, right now you're at about seven weeks. Um, I, that's obviously some good development in a silver lining of the season. Definitely so. And, and I will tell you, another guy that I'm looking at as a silver lining, and of course heading into tonight's start, that's Antonio Cinzatella. Because if you look at what he's done in his two September starts, He's gone 12.1 innings. He's allowed seven total hits and three total earned runs. And that includes being kind of that six-inning guy who got the win in one of those two-to-one games over the Cardinals that you mentioned. And, and I will be one of the first to admit, Antonio's not a guy that I looked at and went, okay, he's going to uh, show his stuff down the stretch. You know, he just wasn't showing anything. But the calendar flipped to September. And these last two starts, he's come out and done very well. And if you look at history into tonight's game, he is 1-0 with a 1.00 ERA, nine innings, one earned run. And he got the win, the only win the Rockies had this year against the Mets. He got it at City Field going six innings, allowing four hits and one earned run back on June 7th. So, you know, is Antonio a guy that if he can make these last two to three starts really effective, again, he's a guy that we know Tyler Anderson's not going to be around for the start of spring training next year. Is Antonio going to be a guy who's really going to say, I belong on that rotation? Yeah, and I mean, like you said, he's uh, and since he's going to be starting today, he'll probably have three starts left. Um for the Rockies. And I mean, really, I've, I was the same boat as you where I, I thought, okay, he, right now he's a warm body in the rotation and that, that's about yeah. it. But really he's pitched, he's actually, we've seen some development a little bit, at least in two starts now, whether you can see it, start, uh, start to see it in the next three starts and maybe even in next year, obviously remains to be seen. Yeah. But you're starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And, and honestly, I think this year that's all we're looking for. I, mean, I hate to say that, but it is how does this year end? How do we make sure that the guys like Jesus Tinoco, who gets his first major league save, Diaz, who, who starts to kind of flex his muscles and show what he can do, Rymac, 
Fuentes, Hampson, all these young guys that are hopefully getting playing time, how do they really show this audition for next year? And they're not going to have an easy task because we know the Mets are coming in tonight. We know that they are four games back of the wild card coming in. And I will tell you, looking at these three games, man. So tonight you've got Sensatella with a 9-10 and 10 overall record, 687 ERA, going up against Steven Matz, 10-8, 384 ERA. Tuesday night, Tim Melville, 2-2, 5.16 ERA, going up against Marcus Stroman, 8-13 with a 3.35 ERA. And then your Wednesday matinee is Jeff Hoffman, 2-6 with a 7.03 ERA against Thor himself, Noah Syndergaard, 10-8 with a 4.15 ERA. On paper, you look at that and you go, oh, my God, the Mets have such a huge pitching advantage. But the way the Rockies are playing, I, you know, I'm not going to count out them uh, be playing the role of spoiler here. Yeah, and also, too, looking the rest of the way, um, they're going to be facing the Dodgers, which they aren't going to really – the only thing they would be able to spoil for the Dodgers is possibly home field for the NL yeah. playoffs. Um, and then the final, um, homestand, uh, for three games against the Brewers, the Brewers, I mean, obviously time will tell if they're still in the playoff hunt then, but right now they're one game yeah. out, um, of the second, uh, NL wild card. Um, but also too, they lost Christian Yelich, yeah. so yeah. you don't know how well they're going to play. Um, but yeah, the Rockies could play. Uh, spoiler kind of for the Mets, Dodgers, and Brewers. Yeah, and you know that's one of the things I talked about in an article last week was you know the things that they've still got to embrace this year. And we talked about the importance of playing young guys. We're seeing that. Uh, we're also talked about the role of the spoiler, and this is that time. You know, you've already uh, put that little dent in the Cardinals. Uh, you know, which is good. I mean, obviously the Padres are out of contention, but you've at least snuck closer to them, you know, in the NL West standings. Uh, you know, so there, there's there's still things yeah. to play for. And I will tell you a cool story. Uh, the other day, uh, whenever I was at Coors, and we were talking to Bud about the whole, you know, Nolan and Josh Fuentes, and, and yes, they are cousins, in case you hadn't heard that, uh, you know. Uh, but – you know, and of course, we media folks can't get enough of that. But one of the guys was asking about one of the coolest things just about family on the field, you know, and, and we've seen so through the years, you know, brothers face each other. We've seen King Griffey's senior and junior play together, uh, you know, just things like that. And Bud said to, to him, one of the coolest things was putting Josh at first and Nolan at third and just watching that interaction on just the normal throws across the mound. And you can picture it, them growing up. You can picture them doing it all the time. And he kind of laughed when he said he had no doubt that Nolan might try to play a little burnout with his cousin over there. You know, just throw it maybe a little extra hard just because Josh was at first. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I think that it's worth noting that your first base, you know, and we had a, we had a really good article on what's going to happen in the first base for the Rockies in 2020. I think Fuentes should be in that mix. I think Ringman should be in that mix. You know, the good thing is some of these younger guys who are doing okay when given the chance, you know, there are opportunities there. And certainly you point out that Murphy's on a little bit of a hot streak right now. But let's not overlook that some of these young guys are still auditioning to, to have their hat 
thrown into the, the mix for 2020 in that first base spot as well. Yeah, and I think the next two weeks or so is going to be crucial for what the 2020 team is going to look like. Um, and going into the off season, I mean, right now McMahon is primarily playing second, but who knows if the team can somehow trade Daniel Murphy, he might slot in at first base if they could find somebody to yeah. play second. Um, so and that's the good thing about being versatile as Brian McMahon is, but I mean, He's he, neck going into next year, barring some kind of God forbid an injury. Um, he should slot into either second base or first base. And really, I mean, you look at it, you've got Nolan, Story, Blackman. If Dahl is healthy, yep. which he should be heading into spring training, and I mean, really, your next best bat is You're Ryan right. McMahon. Yep, absolutely agree. So, and you know, it's a great point you make because he's kind of your bridge sometimes between that top half of the the order. It's so loaded with big bats, and your bottom half that you never know night to night what's going to happen. And Ryan acts off in that bridge to get him there. But hey, before we before we start wrapping up here, I want to make sure that we talk some more about the Mets because you brought up an interesting point before we went on the air this morning about uh, something that could pay dividends for the Rockies at least tonight in tonight's game. So in the past two games, well, they faced the Dodgers the last three games at home, um, and they lost 9-2, to 1-3-0, and then lost last night 3-2, to two, and they were on the Sunday night game. So they flew out of New York right after the game. Um, but in the last two games that they played, they used both of their best relievers in back-to-back -back games, in Seth Lugo and Justin Wilson. Therefore, they will likely be unavailable tonight, both of them, for the Mets. Now, granted, their starting yeah. pitching is really good, but that's something where... You may notice seventh, eighth, ninth inning where they have to go to a more unreliable reliever. At example being Edwin Diaz, who's not pitched well this year, and the New York Tabloids oh, have yeah. gone absolutely yeah. insane on. Um, or a Jaris Familia. I mean, both Diaz and Familia have ERAs north of five and a half. Um, and then really everybody else in their bullpen. If you look at it right now, it's got an ERA north of five. The only two, Lugo and Wilson, have ERAs below three. And both of them will likely not be available tonight for the Mets. Now, whether that that's a hard, we're not going to use them, or we'll likely not use them unless we see the scoreboard and we kind of have to manage yeah. like we need to use them. Um, but also, too, both of them gave up runs yesterday because the Dodgers won three to two, and the both Lugo and Wilson gave up runs because Zach Wheeler, their starter, went seven innings. He only gave up one run. Wilson went two thirds of an inning and gave up a run. He walked two, 
And then Seth Lugo went an inning and a third, and he was saddled with the loss because he gave up a run late. So that was, it'll be interesting to see whether or not they use him or not. And also, too, another thing Dodger-related from that game, they did not use Kenley Jansen in the closer's role. They used him in the eighth inning, which would maybe yeah. something to look at in the future, especially and no, the Rockies are going to see them next week in L.A., certainly something to look at. Excuse me. Yeah, for me, it is definitely about can the Rockies starting pitching keep up with the Mets starting pitching? And, and I think that if we get in back into the, uh, where we're seeing that the rock stars give up the quick leads, uh, certainly I think that that's not going to bode well. But I think if they can match the, uh, Mets starting pitching, which again, on paper seems to have the advantage, then this is a series that the rocks could again play that spoiler role and do some damage to the Mets wildcard hopes. And also, too, um, for the Mets, just to show you how well they've done pitching-wise, they fired their pitching coach. It was like June 20th, I believe, 19th or 20th. They were heading into Wrigley Field at the time. Um, And in 75 games since, well, entering June 20th when they were going to Wrigley Field, their team had an ERA of 467. Since then, they have a team ERA of 397, and that's 75 games. Um, and more recently, th- the reason why they've been winning yep. is because of their pitching. And if you look in the last week, um, their team ERA is 229. So, and that's since last Monday, because they won, uh, they, they swept the Diamondbacks, and they won 3-1, 3-2, 9-0, 11-1. So they gave up a total of four runs in four games. Um, they struggled against the Dodgers the first game. They lost nine to two, but then they won three nothing and three two. So really, with the exception of that first Dodgers game when they gave up nine runs, this past week they've not given up more than well, two runs. Well, in and game. I think that's really going to be something to watch. Great points, and and we'll obviously be at Coors. Giving you the latest information from there as well as some behind the scenes stuff. So make sure you're checking out us on Twitter at RocksPileFS as well as on RocksPile.com. Noah, as always, good stuff. Thanks for the article this morning. I, I hope our, our listeners check it out. All those great numbers to know heading into the Met series tonight. All right. Well, hey, and thanks to all yep, of you no for problem. listening. We know your time is valuable. So we try to keep these around 20 minutes, but we appreciate your time. And we look forward to hearing your thoughts about this last couple of weeks of the Rocky season. There's not much left. So let's talk about it. Let's figure out how we're looking for 2020. Let's come together and say what are the goals that we'd like to see the Rockies accomplish these last couple of weeks. For me personally, it starts tonight playing the spoiler role against the Mets. We'll see you at Coors Field. Thanks for listening. For me personally, it starts tonight playing the spoiler role against the Mets. We'll see you at Coors Field. Thanks for listening. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.